Amen. You ready to give the worship to your king today? Amen. To give praise to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Let him have preeminence in our lives. My, it's good to see each one of you coming here today and having gathered in his name. What a blessed time. I think today is a wonderful day. I, I think it ought to be a landmark day for us. You know, this is the fifth month and the 17th day. Brother Gary Stanky reminded me of this this morning. and They're listening in today and not here, but uh, joining in with us. But it was on this day, the fifth month, 17th day, that the deluge began. And the floods, the, the floodgates opened in the days of Noah. And I'll tell you, I'm looking for the heavens to open this morning. The fountains of the deep to rise up. And my, there just be a real outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want you just to let him move in your life, in your heart. Let him speak to you in a very personal way. Because he's a personal God. Amen. He wants to be personal to you. Today, in commemoration of that, and we'll see it in a moment in the scriptures. But the Bible actually uses Noah, how he was saved by water in the days of the flood. And he uses it in, Peter says, in the like figure, baptism doth also save us. Not putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. And so today, I think it's a wonderful moment in time we have Jerry Cathy and his wife Blaine is going to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We're so thankful for what the Lord has done, what he's doing in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jerry and I had a time of prayer together the other day and made a surrenderance of his heart to the Lord. And I believe even today, we're just going to move another step into that. Let the Holy Spirit just speak in a very, very real, very real and precise way to every heart and every life. How many is ready for the Lord to move? Amen. How many is ready to get in the Spirit this morning? Let the Holy Ghost just have preeminence in your life, in your heart. Amen. Amen. God bless you all that are streaming in with us from all over the world. Brother Kalen over in South Africa. The, the families up in India, Brother Ron Spencer and his families that could be listening in today. Each one of you that were near and far, Brother John Andes wrote me and said, I'm streaming. So here we are, here we are with a, a multitude of unseen witnesses also. Let's put our heart into this service. Let's just let God speak to us now. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we love you, dear God, and we thank you. We thank you that you're the living God and that you have kept us in these times, that your presence has been with us as you made the promise. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And we believe that you are here with us right now. As you said, I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. And we're asking, Lord, that you'll just minister to us today. Let your Holy Spirit just move in the lives and the hearts of your children. Let it bring healing and deliverance, salvation. 
Let it just move in our lives and our hearts, Lord. Oh, God, moving out sin and unbelief. Putting our faith in the Word of God and the promises. Those promises to us are yes and amen. Lord, we're just asking today that you'll move in a mighty way. That you'll bring healing and deliverance as we've already asked. Do it, Father. Do it. May that you just sweep over this congregation. Lord, bring in salvation. Bring in deliverance. Bring in a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we've been in a time of isolation and we've been in a time of quarantine. But now you've allowed us to come together again. Lord, may we make the best out of this service. Let us put our best into it. Let us listen attentively. Let us move in the Spirit. Let us amen to the Word of God. Let us respond, oh God, back to you and and agree with the Word. Let the Word work upon our lives and let it change us. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I'm asking for a special anointing on this service today. Anointing not only me, but these that have gathered. We ask it in Jesus' name. May it flow out of this place, out into the airways, wherever people are today. Let it speak to their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. And thank the Lord for his goodness to us. Thank you. We'll be looking to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. While you're just turning there, I just want to say thank you to the, the deacons who have worked very diligently today to try to um, make this where that we can abide safely and, and work together and worship together today. Um, you know, I, I thought about social distancing, and I just don't want you to social distance from God this morning. Amen. I want you to move in with all of your heart and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So, amen. God bless you. Philippians 2 and verse 1. And as we will go into these scriptures today, I'm going to read a multitude of scriptures and preach from them and go through some, some very quickly this morning, although it will take me some time to, to do it, what, what I want to do. But... Um, you so be patient with me, but if you, if you miss some of the scriptures and writing them down, well, you can ask Sister Candace up there for a list of them. I sent them to her so that she could have them very quickly this morning. And man, there's many, many uh, things that we're going to be speaking here in the Word of God. Um, starting Philippians 2 and 1. If there be any consolation, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit... If any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem each other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man, being found in the likeness, um, being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath 
highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God bless you. You can be seated. When we're speaking about this this morning, we're going to be speaking about faith in the authority of the name of Jesus. So as we look into the scriptures, you know, as we spoke about faith in the word, and we know that God is the word, but also we also know that he gave us his name, that we are to have faith in his name, that through faith in his name, that we can be made whole. Now, God would first reveal himself as Jehovah when he first enters into the covenant with Abraham. It's a promise that he will be forever uh, faithful in keeping his word. And when he reveals himself again as Jehovah to uh, Moses, it is a reminder that he is unchanging. The I am that I am, and that we can trust him not to back out or to change his mind. God is self-existing, and God is self-sufficient. And he does not need us, but he wants us. God will never stop wanting us. And he will never cease in his pursuit of us. He is the ultimate covenant keeper. He is the one who keeps his promises. And the one who always does what he says he will do. And at the time of the Exodus, God made himself known as the omnipotent and the all-powerful um, God in the redemptive name of Jehovah. And throughout the Bible, God will, would continue to unfold the revelation of that name. And we worship a God of mystery, yet a God that is closer than our very breath. God is a paradox, one that we'll never reach the end of when it comes to our understanding of him. His ways are past finding out. There's just simply too much of him to, to know fully in one lifetime. He is so great that eternity will not reveal him all. And today we're going to be looking into the authority of his name so we can put our faith in his great name. The seven compound names of Jehovah that are spoke of in the scripture. And by the way, there's actually more than seven, but we're going to deal with the seven basic ones here this morning. And um, Genesis 22:14 tells of Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides a sacrifice. In Exodus 15, it would be Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is our healer. In Exodus 17, it's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. In Judges chapter 6, it is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And then in Psalms 23, we're very familiar with this one, Jehovah Ra, which is the Lord our shepherd. And then Jeremiah 23 and 6, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. And then finally, the seventh one, Jehovah Shammah, 
the Lord is present. So all of these are definitive names of Jehovah and his redemptive work. And I want to bear in mind that the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. It is just the same God that is changing his mask. This is one of the great experiences that Brother Branham had early one morning when he was going hunting and thought he would go into a certain area of what he called Sportsman's Hollow. And, and as he did, he saw a light. And it was not the rising of the sun. And he went toward that light. As he went there, he noticed it was a bowl like a fair where there were rainbows that were coming up. That was, and, and they were moving up and down and making its motions and, and coming down into a bowl-like. Um, and there was one on the right and one on the left and one in the center. And they were about um, 15, 16 feet tall. And, and it was moving and making its notion of motions in the early dawn. And Brother Branham, as he drew near to that, he screamed out and said, Oh God, what would you have your servant know? And just then the Spirit of the Lord came in and, and said, Jesus of the New Testament is Jehovah of the Old Testament. He only changed his mask from spirit to man. So it was as God is um, moving, changing his mask, changing his forms, there is actually over a thousand different titles or names uh, or appellations of the name of God. Whether it is Melchizedek or Elohim or Yahweh or um, many, many other definitive names of God. But I want you to know there is one name in which there is redemption. There is Jehovah Ra where he is a healer. Or Jehovah Ra where he is a shepherd. There is Jehovah Shammah where he is the, our peace. But there's only one name that there is redemption. Or salvation or deliverance. And that's in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 10, it says, Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom you raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the, stone, of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So only one name in which there's salvation. You know, his, his name is Melchizedek. That was him as the priest king. His name is Elohim, the self-existing one. But only in one name is there salvation. And that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the name of Jesus is actually translated from the Greek into English. And um, its original form would be Yeshua, which means Jehovah Savior. We pronounce it in the English, Jesus. Others will say, Jesus. Others will say, um, just like I pronounced, um, um, Yeshua. But it means all the same. It's the same. It's the same name. It heals the same, it delivers the same. 
Whether, whether we pray in the name of Jesus or Yeshua or, or um, you know, Jesus as it would uh, in, in Europe or, or however that you pronounce his name, it heals the same, it delivers the same. Amen. It is the same and it is, it means Jehovah the Savior. And the angel named him so, saying, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. You see, Jehovah Jireh is the provided sacrifice. And and Jesus is that provided sacrifice. Because in that name of Jesus, he swallows up or encapsulates all the other titles of himself. And so he is the provided sacrifice. So he is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Rapha. Because he is our healer, for by his stripes we were healed. He is Jehovah Nissi, which is the Lord our banner. And the name of Jesus is the banner, the flag of victory that we can wave in the face of every enemy. Amen. Every disease, every sin, and every sickness. That the name of Jesus is waved before us because he is Jehovah Nissi. He is the Lord our banner. Amen, because all of that is in this one man, Jesus Christ. He is Jehovah Shalom, which is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He is Jehovah Ra, the Lord, our shepherd. But he's not only our shepherd, but he's also the voice. And he's not only the voice, but he's the door of the sheepfold. He is the sheepfolder, the caretaker of his sheep. Amen, because he is the shepherd. He is Jehovah Sidkenu, which is the Lord, our righteousness, because our righteousness is Jesus. He is Jehovah Shammah, because he is the Lord is present. You see, it was the Lord present as he walked the shores of Galilee. And it is the Lord present to us today and through us in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of Jesus. So you see, Christ is present. In the believers, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And where two or more gather in his name, he said, there I am in the midst. Amen. In Jesus' name, there is full redemption. Because in Jesus is the sum total of redemption. Because he is the fullness of the Godhead. Therefore, he is the sum title of all redemptive names of Jehovah. He is the Lord our provider, the Lord our healer, the Lord our banner, the Lord our peace, the Lord our shepherd, the Lord our righteousness. The Lord is always present. He's all of that. Now, Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Man, this is what his name is called, Wonderful. Just like in Revelation 19, his name is called the Word of God, right? But Word of God is not his name, but his name is called that. Amen? So you see, Wonderful is not his name. Counselor, is that his name? No, that's not his name. His name is called Counselor. Amen. He is the mighty God, but is that his name? No, that is, that is a title uh, that defines his name. Amen. The Prince of Peace, again, is not his name. None of those titles are his name, but his name shall be called all of this. 
So we see that he is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. You see, all of these he is because it's all encapsulated in the name Jesus. Now, now, even so, in, you know, encapsulated in the name of Jesus is all of that, every bit of it in the name of Jesus. He's the sum of all of those names. When you say Jesus, he is wonderful. When you say Jesus, he is counselor. When you say Jesus, he is the mighty God. Amen. When you say everlasting father, he is the everlasting father. Jesus. And if you say Jesus, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Amen. There is no other name like Jesus. And that's the name we want to put our faith in today. Amen. There is no higher name than Jesus. Now this name was given as a direct fulfillment of this prophecy. Isaiah 7 verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name, and thou and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Amen. The, the angel would tell in Matthew 1 23 um, and would, would define Jesus as the one that this prophecy fit. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. So literally, God was with humanity since God himself was incarnate in Jesus Christ. So there are two parts to the name Jesus. First, he is Jehovah, Savior, right? And so you have the fulfillment of Emmanuel, which is God with us. And so that's the fulfillment, Jehovah coming down to take on human battles. God coming down to save you from the slave owner, that devil that had rule over your life from birth. Amen. But here he's coming now as a savior to save you from your sins. So the name of Jesus summarizes all the characters and the identities of God since the name Jehovah is included in the name Jesus. Amen. It is simply another manner of extending the revelation of himself, just like he would reveal himself as your sacrifice, the provider for your sacrifice, or I'm your healer, I'm your, I'm your peace. Amen. Or whatever it was, Jehovah now comes to say, I'm your savior. For there's only one Savior, and that's Jehovah. Amen. And Jesus is the name in which salvation is. Amen. Now, so you see, um, as Moses saw a characteristic of God that Abraham didn't see, that being deliverance, all the New Testament saints have seen a characteristic of God that was never fulfilled in, or revealed rather in the, in the Old Testament. And that was salvation. They didn't know salvation. Amen. They knew a healer. They knew a peace. But they didn't know a savior. Amen. Because nothing had come to save them from their sins. Is everybody with me now? So you see, the revelation of Jesus was God revealing himself as a Savior, not another God. 
Not another person of God, but the same God expressing himself now to human beings as a Savior. All right? Now, this is why that Paul would say, um, you know, um, in Philippians 2 and 9, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. Right? Because salvation is the greatest revelation ever given to man, and the name of Jesus is the highest name that was ever given because it's Jehovah coming down to save. And without him, there was no salvation and can be no salvation. Amen. All right, now, kick off your slippers now. Amen. Get out of your nightgowns. Amen. Let's look into the Word of God together. Stay on the same page with me. Amen. All right. Now, you know, I, I went, I was uh, this weekend to see a therapist and he asked me, was we going to be gathering this, this Sunday? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're going to be gathering together. And he said, well, I kind of like going to church in my pajamas. And I see a few of you do too. Actually, I'm hearing a few of you that do too. All right. So get with me this morning. We're in church. Amen. Amen. I can hear you this time. Amen. Now, we are to do everything in his name. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So we, we are to ask and to pray in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance and healing in his name. There is salvation only in his name because that that is the only name by which we can be saved. Is that right? Amen. Now, after Peter and John healed the man at the gate called Beautiful, Peter was called into question as to what name he did this by. So let's review again Acts 4 and 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him that this man stand here before you whole, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name. Say it with me, none other name. Try it again. None other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name. This name must be our salvation. Are you with me now? Now, on the day of Pentecost, Peter declared in his sermon in Acts 2.21, he said, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So salvation requires calling on the name of Jesus, using the name of Jesus. I'm trying to get you to understand about the basics now. We're just using this for the basics of our faith in the name of Jesus and its important role in our salvation, which salvation is deliverance. Amen? Now, Paul agreed to this and asserts the same in Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? 
So again, calling on the name of Jesus is for salvation. Again, we find in John 20, 31, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So let's look at that again. Life comes only through the name of Jesus. Amen. If you need eternal life, it only comes through the name of Jesus. Right? It is the only name given among men whereby you must be saved. No other name but Jesus. Right? Now, so again, life comes through his name. Now, that's why even healing, which is life coming to the body to remove sickness, comes through the name of Jesus. Because life comes through that name. Now, go with me now again to Acts chapter 10, verse 43. And, and let's look here. Because only in believing in, by believing in him can there be remission of sins. To him all, gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. Again, we're seeing to get your sins remitted, it must be with the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, Jesus said in John 8, 23, he said to them, you're from beneath, I'm from above, you're of this world, I'm not of this world. I said, therefore, unto you, you will die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. So again, it requires believing and receiving and acting upon the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus is saying very clearly, if you, unless you recognize me as a Savior, as Jehovah the Savior, you'll die in your sin. And that still holds true today. No salvation in any other name. Now, believing on his name and receiving his life gives you the power of sonship. So again, John chapter 1, verse 12, as many as received him, received him, Amen. To them gave you power to become sons of God. Receiving the Holy Ghost gives you power to become a son. Even to them that believe on his name. So it requires again believing on his name, receiving his life into you, because only in his name is life. All right? So when you receive his life after believing, then you are sons. Amen. Amen. Now, condemnation comes by not believing on his name. John 3, 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So condemnation comes by not believing on his name. Life comes by believing on his name. Amen. So the true church... And those that are saints are identified as those that are called upon his name. So 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them which are sanctified, that means washed, cleansed, 
in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, sanctified ones, with all, with all that in every place, call upon the name of, the, of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So now I want you to notice here that the true church is those that calls on his name. Those that are truly sanctified and cleansed are ones that call on his name. So our justification and our righteousness, which is our right standing with God, can only be in the name of Jesus Christ. Our cleansing or sanctification can only be by the name of the Lord Jesus. So look here with me in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. I want you to watch this point right here. This is a very important point. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Amen? We all came from that kind of background. Maybe we didn't do all of this, but we did some of this. And if we didn't do even any of this, and it doesn't describe your past life, you were still a sinner. You were born that way. Is that right? And such were some of you. Amen. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. That means you're cleansed. But you are justified. That means you're declared righteous. Forgiven. Hallelujah justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Hallelujah. This is what God does for you. He justifies you, sanctifies you in his name. So sanctification comes by his name. Forgiveness of sin comes by his name. Our righteousness comes by his name. And the Holy Ghost comes by his name. Now, I want you to notice this. Baptism is a part of true salvation. Turn with me to Mark 16, 16. Or you can just watch the screen. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So here we got it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So if you believe and are baptized and you're saved, it's a part of salvation. Amen. So again, again, I want to get it back to you. Baptism is a part of salvation. You must be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized. All right, so now look, look here at 1 Peter 3.21, and this is where we was talking about Noah, you know, because um, uh, Noah, Peter would use Noah as a type or an example and said even as Noah was saved by water, even so we are saved by water. So let's understand something. We're going to look at the scripture and see it clearly. We are saved by water. 
We are saved by baptism. It is a part of our salvation. Amen. It's not just baptism alone. We must believe. Amen. We must repent of our sins. Amen. But we also must be baptized in his name. Amen. For remission of sins. Now watch. So it says the light figure, Noah, was a light figure or a type of wherein to baptism doth also now save us. Now the scripture is clear. Baptism is a part of our salvation. Baptism doth now save us. Not putting away the filth of the flesh, not the outward ceremonial washing, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. I have done what he said to do. Amen. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you believe and are baptized, then you will be saved. It is a part of salvation. Salvation is incomplete without it. Amen. Now, rehearsing this again, remission of sins is through his name. We're going to look at Acts 10, 43 again, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I hadn't lost it. I know I've read the scripture, but I'm using it different times for different points. Acts chapter 10, verse 43, to them gave all the prophets witness that through the, his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Are you with me? Amen. Whoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. So again, it is through his name that remission of sins come. Jesus commanded his disciples to preach that remission and repentance of sin was to be done using his name. Luke chapter 24, verse 37. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. Among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So remission of sins and repentance must be preached in his name. So Jesus commanded them to do that. And Peter obeyed him. Amen. Well, this is what Jesus said to do. Go and preach remission of sins in my name. And Peter went and obeyed him. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Ghost fell, he said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And some were convicted in their hearts and asked what they must do to, to be saved. And Acts 2.38, and then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So Jesus commanded, and Peter obeyed. Some people said, well, I'd rather do what Jesus said than what Peter said, but Jesus had told them, go and preach repentance in my name. Preach remission of sins in my name. And Peter does this on the day of Pentecost. He preaches remission of sins in the name of Jesus Christ because there's only one name given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, Peter was commanded by following that commandment of Jesus that remission of sins was to be done in his name. Matthew 28, 19. Matthew writes it this way. He says, go ye therefore 
and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name, notice name, singular, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. It did not say names. Name. Nowhere in the Bible were believers baptized in any other way than in the name of Jesus Christ. There's not one instance while being baptized, any person was ever baptized saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Every one of them were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? Because Father's not a name. But it's the title of a position. Son is not a name. It's the title of a position. Amen. Holy Ghost is not a name. It's just a, it, it is just a title among spirits. There are many spirits, but one Holy Spirit. Amen. So, so again, it's a title among spirits. Human is not a name. But human is, is a title among species. Right? Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is not a, a name any more than Lily of the Valley, Bright Morning Star, Rose of Sharon, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Now, Peter obeyed Matthew 28, 19, because Jesus said, go and preach remission of sins in my name. Now, Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So he preached the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized in that name because there's only one name given among men whereby you must be saved. Then the apostles laid hands upon them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And verse 8, 16, he says, For he was, as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then at the house of Cornelius, In Acts chapter 10, verse 43, Peter is preaching, said to him, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Notice again, it is through his name. You want your sins remitted? Amen, it must be through the name of Jesus Christ for there is no other name given among men whereby you must be saved. Verse 48, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Amen? Now, so, so again, this is one of the few times that the NIV is more correct than the KJV or the King James Version because it's how, it, it is how it's said in the original Greek. The Bible said in Acts chapter 10, 48, in the NIV, he ordered them that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Because this is what was said in the original Greek. It's actually there. Baptize them. And and the King James is put in the name of the Lord. But it's given. We know what the name of the Lord is. The name of the Lord is Jesus Christ. Amen. So again, to the Ephesians uh, group in Ephesus that Paul came to. In Acts chapter 19 verse 4. Then Paul said 
um, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, Paul is telling about his conversion in Acts 22, verse 16. And, he, and, and he's telling about how Ananias told him to be baptized. In verse 16, it says, now why tarriest thou? This is Ananias. Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So notice every time that baptism was done, it was done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on. Because only in that name is salvation. Amen. Now, look with me to 1 John 5, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you believe on the name of the Son of God. So eternal life comes by believing on his name. Furthermore, the church is described by Paul as a woman who is married. And so he, he, he says in um, Acts chapter 15, verse 14, how Simeon declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out a people for his name. So his church must have his name just as a woman, when she marries a man, she takes on his name. And to be married to Christ, you must take on his name, right? Right? And when a believer comes in union with Jesus Christ, he takes on the name of Jesus. When a child is born, he takes on his father's name. So it's just normal if we're being, if we, if we believe in the Lord, become a child of God, then to take on the name of our father, Jesus Christ. Is that right? And in the same way, you know, if we're coming in union with Jesus like a marriage, which again is the new birth type, that is like a union, a marriage, it is to take on his name. Now, when Jesus left, he sent back his spirit to live on us and the right to use his name. Now, in fact, his spirit is in us. And if his spirit is in us, his name is in us. In John 14, 26, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So the Holy Ghost then comes in the name of Jesus. It bears the name of Jesus Christ because it comes in his name. So the Holy Ghost is the spirit of Jesus coming back to dwell in the believer. That the same spirit that was in Jesus, amen, comes back in you as the Holy Spirit, not a different spirit, the same spirit, to dwell in you, to abide in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, amen, this is the scripture. So the Holy Ghost is the spirit of Jesus. Let's look here in Romans 8 and 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath set you free from the law of sin and death. So again, it's the law of spirit and life. So God lives in you. Romans 8 and 9. 
And you are, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if anyone have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So the spirit of Christ is the spirit of God. And if we don't have the spirit of Christ, we're none of his. Is that right? Galatians 4 and 6. And because you're a son, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So again, it's the spirit of Jesus that has come into your heart. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. To whom God would know, will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach. Amen. We preach what? Christ must be in you. You must receive his spirit. You must have his Holy Ghost. Amen. Whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Galatians 2 and 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So again, we have another example. Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So if we're filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, it is the Spirit of Jesus who dwells in us. That makes us Jesus, men and women. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I said? That makes you Jesus, men and women. Amen. And we have been uh, authorized to use his name. Salvation, redemption, eternal life, the new creation, the indwelling presence of the Spirit, the legal right to use the name of Jesus. And all our privileges as sons and daughters of God are based upon grace through faith. And that faith gives us the right to use the name of Jesus. Amen. We can use the name of Jesus as our own because Jesus dwells within us. We are the dwelling place of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus through his blood purchased our salvation by believing and accepting his atonement for sin. Made all things possible to them that believe. That's what Mark 9, 23 says. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Then what masters has God made us? What overcomers God has made us? What victorious ones has God made us? How about putting his own life and his own spirit in us? Now the Bible said Christ is our life. Christ lives in me. That he dwells in my heart by faith. That Christ in you is the hope of glory. And that, and that Jesus Christ is in you. You must understand your relationship to God and your position then as a born-again believer. You must remember, always remember, you are authorized to use that name. Amen. That name controls Satan. It controls his works. It controls sin. And that name has been given legally to every believer to use. Amen. The 70 rejoiced that the demons were subject to them when they used his name saying, demons are subject to us through thy name. 
right? The name of Jesus is, is of even greater power and authority after Jesus shed his blood. Because after Calvary, God exalted that name above every name. When he raised him up from the dead, he exalted the name of Jesus over every sickness, every disease, every sin. The name of Jesus was exalted over all. Come on. And everything had to bow to him as he raised from the dead and acknowledged he was the Lord over death, the Lord over sickness, the Lord over cancer, the Lord over evil, the Lord over sin, the Lord over pornography, the Lord over dope, the Lord over every kind. You name a name. And the name of Jesus Christ is higher than that name because he exalted that name. Or oh, wherever better than he triumphed with that name. Just like when we say David, we think of the man that killed Goliath. And when we say Jesus, come on now. And then we think of him that triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. At the cross, Jesus conquered Satan. He conquered diseases. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. In his body, he atoned for our sin and for our sickness. And we use his name by his authority. And when we use his name, it is representing everything that Jesus accomplished at Calvary. When we say the name Jesus, it represents everything he accomplished. Amen. Associated with the name of Jesus is Satan's defeat. Come on. Every spirit in heaven and earth must respect and bow to the name of Jesus. By his death, burial, and resurrection, the spirit exalted, God exalted the name of Jesus above every name that is named. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus gave us the authority then to use that name. When we pray in Jesus' name, got seatbelts on? When we pray in Jesus' name, it is as though Jesus himself is doing the praying. He takes our place when we come in his name. When we come in his name, he stands behind every prayer. As we accept our rights and our privileges in the new covenant, we pray in the name of Jesus. The petition and request leaves out of our hands and goes right into the hands of Jesus. You ask the Father in any man, anything in my name and I will endorse the petition and the Father will give you anything I have endorsed. Let me share you a little quote here. We hadn't read a quote this morning, so let me read you one. Fundamental foundation for faith. Jesus said, Whatsoever, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. Did you ever realize what that means? Let me read it again. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I will do. Did you ever realize what that means? Do you realize if we go before God in the name of Jesus, 
It is just the same as Jesus himself praying. It isn't me praying anymore. If I come in his name and he recognizes his name and Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name that I'll do. And then I go to the Father in Jesus' name and it isn't me praying anymore. It's Jesus. It's the Spirit praying through me. And then I've got to receive what I asked for because he said it and it's God's own word and it can't do nothing else but produce what it says. Do you realize the power now of praying in his name? It's the same as Jesus praying. Hallelujah. In my name, it's it's as if the Lord himself was here. That's what he said. You gather in my name. I'm there. Is that right? Amen. In my name, it is actually as though the Lord himself were here. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do it. When we use that name, we bring Jesus into contact with our problems. Amen. First John 5, 14. Now, I want you to read this scripture with me real carefully. Because the devil will use it on you if you're not careful. But it is a very liberating scripture if you'll read it right. Hello. All right. So watch this. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that he hears us. Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have petitions that we have desired of him. So then, you know, most time we go into this, into this thinking, well, if I'll ask according to his will, he'll do it. But if it ain't according to his will, he won't do it. And so I don't know if he's going to do it or not. Hello, somebody. You hung up on me. Dialing. Might need 911 right here. Watch here. This is a confidence we have in him. Here's our confidence. That if we ask anything according to his will, okay, that means we can ask for any blessing he atoned for. Somebody ordered salad right there. We can ask for any blessing that he atoned for. Because he atoned for it, we already know it's his will. If we need healing, amen, we don't have to wait for his will to be revealed. The will is revealed in the word. And the word said, by my stripes you are healed. If we need salvation, we don't have to wait on salvation. Is it God's will to save me? It is God's will. For he is not willing that none should perish. It's his will. But many times we'll use this very scripture and we'll let the devil use it on us and say, well, we don't know if it's his will. Well, it, is it in his word? Is it in the atonement? Well, if it's in the atonement, it's his will. He died for that purpose. Hallelujah. Now, so we don't have to ask if it be your will when the will of God is known. That just liberated somebody. It might have been overseas. It might have been down in India. I don't know where it was, but it just liberated somebody. Amen. I tell you, it can liberate you this morning to know anything that's in that atonement. Come on. Anything. 
anything in that word of God is yours. That if we ask anything according to what he has paid for, he paid for my healing with his stripes. He paid for my sins. In the message token, Brother Branham says, now hold your token, the Holy Ghost, right over that desire. And let me tell you by his word, he can't go contrary to that word. He's already purchased your desire if it's according to his will. And his will is to heal. His will is to give you your desire. He will withhold no good thing from them that will walk up right before him presenting that token. So if you have the Holy Ghost, he's our righteousness. So I know I'm walking up right before him. Come on. So Satan comes and strikes you down with sickness, you know you are God's righteousness. That's why, that's why they couldn't get Job. Satan couldn't get to him because he knew he had offered the sacrifice. And he knew he was perfect when they kept saying, you're not perfect. But he said, I've got a sacrifice. So therefore, I know I'm perfect. And that's the way the believer knows they're perfect, not because we've done everything right. My God, I wouldn't want my thoughts on that screen that I've had in the past week. Amen. You wouldn't want yours up there either. Amen. Thoughts of every kind of thing that you can imagine that I, you know, that the devil wants to put in your mind. I, 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 but I'll tell you, I'm perfect through that blood. And I have a right to any divine promise of God because of the blood. Brother Brandon said, I did enough in, in, in just a few minutes. I forget exactly the time. Within an hour, he said, to be sent to hell. Because he's a holy God. He's a holy God. And even us with the, the greatest sanctimonious strict life that we can live, we're not good enough to go to heaven. We're lost and sinners without the blood. But because of the blood, hallelujah, we are standing justified, sanctified in his sight and can approach boldly to the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. Because of the blood. Jesus intends for those who believe on him to do his works and to do it using the authority of his name. Look with me to John 14, 12. Let's just see this. These works are just not being good to your neighbor and carrying them some sweet potatoes in the time of famine or helping out and getting some firewood. The works, Jesus said, that I do shall you do also. All right. You say, well, Brother Tim, you know, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's our life. It's our life. Listen, there's much of, of your life that a good Muslim, a good Mennonite, a good Amish person, a good somebody might even outshine you. Brother Branham talked about that. And he said Jesus with the, the high priests and the, those priests outshine Jesus in works. Amen. But I want you to know, yes, a life comes with it. 
We must control, have self-control in our life and live above sin, but it's more than just that. The works that I do shall you do also. Amen. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. Somebody say, my name. That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now we're talking about faith in the authority of the name. John 15, verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. Aren't you glad for that? And I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Ask in my name. Everything is, he's given you authority to use his name. All right? Amen. Not coming to God in your name, your name won't get you nothing. But come in his name. As a son of God. Come on. Not of your first birth, but of your second birth. Because in your second birth, you're born a son of God. And a son of God takes on the name of God. John 16, 23. In that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it. Up to this time, hitherto, up to this time, have you asked nothing in my name? Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy might be full. Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink deadly things, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. How? In my name. Acts 3 and 6. Peter there at the gate called Beautiful, he said, To the crippled man, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So he showed you that, now listen, he shows you here, spiritual healing Salvation is in the name. And then immediately afterwards, he shows you that physical salvation, healing is in the name. So that name is for both salvation of the soul and salvation of the body. Healing. It's all in the name. In verse 16 of chapter 3, he said... He's explaining how or what name that he used. And he said, his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong. Whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So he said, the faith given to us by God. In his name is what made this man whole. Again, faith in his name made him whole. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. And be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you have crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you 
whole. Again, by the name of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 44 and verse 30. By stretching forth thine hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. So again, signs and wonders are done in his name. And if we are people of his name, we're going to have signs and wonders that will be accompanied with that name. Now, now I know know there are people that, that, that with faith that they will have healings and miracles and so on like that, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about those who are saved by his name and they also heal by that name. Amen? Now, Paul said, Paul said the evil spirit in Acts 16 and verse 18, you can put that up. Paul said the evil spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out the same hour. So now we see it was put into practice, Mark 16 in the book of Acts, that by the name of Jesus Christ, amen, that demons came out. In uh, James chapter 5, verse verse 14, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and God shall raise him up. And if he committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. How? It's all done in what? The name. So healing is in the name of Jesus Christ. The name, I want to just stress to you, that name has never lost its power. In that name, the sick are healed. The lame will walk. The impotent will be healed and helpless are made to walk again. Hallelujah, because that name has never lost its power. It hadn't lost its power to save. I'm looking across this congregation at men and women who were saved by that name, delivered by that name. Dope left, alcohol left, sex sins left, every kind of sin left them because of the name. And that name still holds the power over every sin that at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. Every tongue has to confess that he's ruler, Lord, Lord over them all. They have to obey him. Demons have to obey that name. We simply need to realize who we are. We're not the dirty, filthy sinners associated with our first birth. Amen. But now we are the sons of God and we are righteous. Romans 10 and 6. But the righteousness which is, of this, which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep. That is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what says it is, says the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in, my, in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, delivered. 
For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. But the scripture said, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So we simply need to realize who we are. We are not the dirty, filthy sinner that we were. But now we are the sons of God. And we are his righteousness. And the righteousness of faith says the word of God is near you. It is in your heart. Just speak it with your mouth. And that if you'll confess that he died for you, come on, that he paid for your sins or for your sickness, that you will be delivered. Hallelujah. This is the righteousness of faith. Is that right? Let me go over it again. We are not the dirty, filthy sinners that we were. Amen. But now we are the sons of God. I was a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. But I'm not a sinner saved by grace. Because I'm no longer a sinner. Amen. I'm a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, I'm his righteousness. And the righteousness of faith says, the word is so close to you. You don't have to reach up there and bring him from the grave. You don't have to pull him down from heaven. He's right in you. And it's the word of faith that we preach. And the word is in you, within your heart. Just speak it with your mouth. And if you'll confess what he did at Calvary, where he atoned for your sins or your sickness, you will be saved or healed. Now, 1 John 3, 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. John 1 and 12, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even them that believed on his name. Have you believed on his name? Have you received him? Then that gave you the power to become a son. Amen. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus answered him, said, had faith in God. Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea and thou not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Hallelujah. Now then, again, again, this takes it even one step forward because he said confess with your mouth what you have believed in your heart. Amen. And if you will confess that he paid it all, you will be saved, healed, delivered. And that if you say to a mountain, be moved. And don't doubt in your heart. But believe that those things that you said shall come to pass. Whatsoever you said, amen, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, you believe, you receive it already. Amen. Amen. That there's no good thing God's going to withhold from me. 
He's going to do what he said he would do, and I'm going to believe it because it's according to his word. It's according to his will. It is mine. As a son of God, I'm an heir to it. The fundamental foundation for faith, Brother Branham said, if we could throw ourselves completely to God and to his will and be lost to our own thoughts and just let the mind of Christ be in us, them same operations of the Spirit would work through us just as the natural things does, just the same thing. Because we were first created for that purpose to control, to rule, to praise God, to live for God. That's what we were created for. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, it shall be given to you. If you abide in me, my word abide in you. Now, the Father and his word are inseparable. Because the word is his son. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelled among us. And God and his word are inseparable. You cannot have God without having his word. And when you have his word, you have God. So when you have the word, you have the will of God. You have God. Come on. And because the word is in you, that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that's why Brother Brandon said in the token, he said, when you pray, you're just asking of the thing that you are. Because you are that word. I mean, healing. If you ask for healing, that is what I am. I'm healed. If I ask for salvation, that's what I am. I'm saved. Whatever it is that I'm asking for, it is mine. I'm asking for what I am. Because his spirit abides in me. Now, so everything that God has spoken his word received in the right channel, the channel of faith, will materialize that word for whatever the promise is behind it. God will do it. He's obligated to do it. God must keep his word. He cannot lie. Now, again, brother, this is why, and that prefaces the words that I read a while ago, of why, Brother Brandon said, this is why that when you pray, It's the same, and you pray in the name of Jesus. He said it's the same as Jesus himself praying because he must recognize that name. He must recognize my sonship. He must recognize me as his child. Are you with me? Now, so his name is for salvation from sin and sickness. Look with me to Acts 16, 31. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's sozo. And that sozo is translated both healed and saved. So if you believe on him, you will be saved. Healed or saved. Amen. And thy, thou and thy house. Oh my, what a promise that is. How many take it for themselves? So in my name they shall cast out devils. You have a legal right to use his name. Come on. If you're married to Christ, as the bride of Christ, you have a legal right now to use that name. It becomes your legal name. If you're born a son, come on, you are you are the legal right to the name of the father that you were born of. 
So if you are a child of God, if you're the bride of Christ, you have the legal right to use his name. Now, let's go to, let's, let's go to this because we're going to pull down strongholds. We're going to cast out devils using that name. We're going to heal the sick with that name. We're going to see the lost saved with that name. Everything we do in word or deed, we're going to do it in the name. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God in God to, for pulling down strongholds, casting down, casting down imaginations. New King James says arguments. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me read it from the Passion Translation. So go back to verse 3 and just kind of try to follow me along. For although we live in the natural realm, somebody still with me? We don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which demons hide. We can demolish every deceptive thought that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoner of war every thought and insist that it bow to the obedience to uh, to the anointed one. Hallelujah. Amen. So we must fight the fight of faith because we are in a spiritual battle. It's not a flesh and blood affair, even though, you know, demons have invaded your flesh. God created the world by faith in his word, and your body was created the same way, through faith in his word. Somebody help me. Amen. Listen, when God created the world, he laid out the timbers for your body. All the dust, the elements, the chemicals, whatever else will make it up. God laid it all out. I want to just make a statement here for you to grasp. It was God's first. Are you with me? I'm talking about your body was God's first. Amen. Now, So God created the world by faith in his word. Your body was created the same way. When the earth was created, your body was created. Amen. Now, through redemption, your body belongs to God. And is his temple. It does not belong to Satan. Amen. I'm fixing to put up a no trespassing sign. Somebody help me now. I'm about to put up a no trespassing sign here. I'm I'm putting the devil on notice. I don't belong to the devil. My soul don't belong to him. 
My spirit doesn't belong to him and my body doesn't belong to him. I want the devil to know I am God's property. See, totally God's property. Amen. Amen. Satan is not my creator. He didn't create my body. Amen. Although he is a perverter and he perverted our bodies, but not in our original immortal condition, right? Amen. But but healing is provided by the atonement. Healing comes as the word of faith that we read about, Paul talking about, rebuilds the tissue in our bodies that these demons have torn down. Our combat is not with physical things, but with spiritual things. Our enemies are spirits. Amen. The diseases that afflict men are spiritual. Brother Branham would say, and Jesus would say, he never did call them by a scientific name. He said, thou evil spirit, come out of them. Is that right? Every time he, he went to the source, went beyond the microscope. He could see that every demon, every disease, every affliction is a demon tormentor. Somebody help me preach. So our combat is not with physical things, but with spiritual things. Amen. And our enemies are spirits, and the diseases that afflict our bodies are spiritual. But we have been given power through the name of Jesus to cast them out. Somebody come back with me. If they're spirits, if they're evil spirits, did not he give us power to tread on scorpions and serpents and nothing would by any means harm us? Did not he give us power in his name to cast out devils? Amen. Did not he say, use my name and the prayer of faith in my name will heal the sick? We have been given power to cast them out. And through that name, not because it's magic, but because it represents the atonement or the payment for our redemption. When I I pull a dollar out of my pocket, don't have my wallet here, but if I pull a dollar out of my pocket, whose face has it got on? George, your face on that dollar? If it is, it's a sleepy dollar. Are you with me? George's face is on that dollar. George Washington. It represents the government. And you swap a piece of paper, a worthless piece of paper, and you got faith in that enough to walk in a store and pull it out, a worthless piece of paper, and hand it over there and exchange it for goods because the government of the United States is behind that dollar. And you may think the name of Jesus is just a harmless little name, a little know-nothing name, but I want you to know there is a whole government of heaven. All of heaven is behind that name. 
by payment for sickness. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. It represents my payment. Is it full? You can't hold me with sickness. It is purchased. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. I'm a witness. How many more are witness? Hallelujah. We're a witness. That at the name of Jesus, sin had to bow. Sickness had to bow. Diseases had to bow. That there is nothing, there is nothing can stand before that name. Diseases are demon spirits who like their master Satan seek bodies to do their harm in. He's got to have a body. That's why they wanted, the demons wanted a hog to go into anything don't cast us out because they're harmless without a body they come to dwell in order to do harm they're like a thief who comes to steal to kill and destroy and all mortal bodies whether Christians or not are vulnerable to Satan's invasion because of the fall demons use sinners you know you once was a sinner. Didn't demons use you? They use, your, they, they use, demons use sinners' bodies to do their dirty work. In them, they use their power to defile, to destroy, to abuse other people, to abuse animals, to abuse the environment, to even destroy their own bodies. Satan uses these defiled ones like a missionary to defile other innocent people. It's horrible. We read about it every day. We think of this person done that. A demon had that body. Take that evil spirit off of them, they wouldn't be the murderer they are. The thief that they are. Amen. The alcoholic. The dopehead. Amen. But on the other hand, God must also use human instruments. Amen. Here, Satan uses bodies. God uses bodies. Amen. He uses instruments that are anointed and filled by the Holy Ghost. He uses them to bless, to inspire, to encourage others that needs God's help. Right? But demons are not to be feared. The weakest Christian can use his word to cast them out. Come on now. Amen. Let me say it again. Demons are not to be feared. The weakest Christian can use his word, his omnipotent, all-powerful, amazing, awesome word to cast out any demon. Hallelujah. Remember, 
They didn't say demons are subject to us. They said demons are subject to us through thy name. People fear demons because they don't understand their position. Remember Brother Branham's one of his first books that was ever printed. Do you fear cancer? And people fear them because they don't understand their position. They've never heard about their legal defeat at Calvary. The taking of the book of title and the opening of its seals is a triumph of the bloody lamb, which opens to us all the possibilities in the book. We need not live below our privileges any longer. The ownership to our inheritance has never been more sure than it is today. Because God has given us back an open book. And I see there's more power in it after it's open than before it was open. Just like there was more power in it after Calvary than before Calvary. Now there is more power in this book after it is open than before it was open. So no trespassing, Satan. Hello, somebody. Amen. We are redeemed from all the power of Satan. He does not own our bodies nor our souls. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. You just argue with the Bible over this. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. No wonder we need, we use the name of Jesus when we baptize that temple. Because then we put the name over the temple. Jesus. You become a Jesus man or a Jesus woman. Amen. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your own. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Amen. Your body and your spirit, come on, belongs to who? God. You are the temple, the dwelling place of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Somebody with me now. But you say, well, our bodies are, were, were made by Satan. Oh, was it? Is that really true? Well, let's let the Bible answer that. Psalms 139, 14. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And I appointed you to be a, a prophet to the nations. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Satan is not a creator. He is a perverter. And one day God will remove all of Satan's power over this body. But right now, we have the earnest of that inheritance and can be healed and delivered. But right now, we are redeemed from all the power of Satan. That means that though Adam sold us, we have been bought back. We are born again, and that cancels out our first birth. Aren't you glad for that? 
Amen. You might have been born an illegitimate birth, but the second birth, the new birth, canceled out that birth. Amen. We are of the new creation. We are freed from the kingdom of darkness. We are no longer slaves to sin. Sin and sickness no longer rule us. When he said glorify your God and uh, glorify God in your body, well, how are you going to do that if your body is full of sickness and disease? Come on. You need to tell the, the devil he's a liar. Jesus has redeemed me. Amen. I'm no longer dwelling in the kingdom of darkness. You and Satan have no legal right to trespass on my property. It's no longer yours, neither is it under your jurisdiction. I have been redeemed from your authority by Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You say to your enemy, Satan, whether it be this sin or whether it be a sickness that you put on me, it was cursed on the cross of Calvary. And you know I don't have to bear it. So I command you in the name of Jesus to leave my body. I am free from your curse, for it is written with his stripes, I am healed. So I'm healed. God said so. And Satan, you're a liar. Your pains are a lie. Your symptoms are a lie. Your words are a lie. You're the father of lies. Jesus said you are. You have no right to hold me. I don't have to remain a sinner. I can be saved. I do not have to remain sick. I, I am healed. Come on, somebody. Amen. I have two unfailing weapons, the word of God and the name of Jesus. Is that right? When David picked up those five stones, those five stones were J-E-S-U-S. Is that right? He picked up Jesus. If you're going to battle with the devil, you better pick up Jesus first too. Amen. If you're going to go against Goliath, you better have Jesus with you. Amen. David had a sling. Somebody help me. But he needed some stones. One would work, but God is more than enough. So he gave him five times more than he needed. And I'm telling you, one word of this Bible would defeat any devil, anywhere, any place, any time. But God didn't give you one word. He gave you a whole book. You got all the stones you'll ever need laying right here in this Bible that'll beat the devil on his grounds anywhere, any place, any time, under any condition. There's thousands, thousands laying in this book. I'm just going to be honest with you. We went down to that brook. There wasn't one stone there, and you had to hunt another. There was no shortage of stones. There wasn't just five there. There was so many, we took bagfuls up out of that creek where David went down and picked up his stones and went to meet Goliath. I'm going to tell you, there's not just one word for you. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. But you see, David had a sling but he needed some stones. You see, one without the other is not much of a weapon. If you have a sling, well, and don't have a stone, it's not much of a weapon. If you have, if you have stones and, and no sling, it just ain't the weapon it is with a sling. Is that right? Amen. The name of Jesus 
Somebody ready for this? The name of Jesus is our sling. The God-given authority to use the stones of the word against the enemy in his name. But together, amen, the word in the name of Jesus, amen, becomes a formidable weapon against your enemy. Hallelujah. Amen, that you can defeat the devil. Now remember, the name of Jesus it is our banner. It, is, it, is, it represents his defeat over sickness and sin. It's all in his atonement. It's in Jesus' name. It's by the authority of his name. I have the authority of his name because I'm born of him. I have the authority because he gave me the authority when he commissioned me to cast out devils by using the authority of his name. We have the authority, not the power. We can use the authority to cast out Satan because all of heaven is behind the name. By having Christ in us, we have the power to make a new world. But we don't have the authority from the word to do it. Amen? But God's word gives us the authority, though, to cast Satan out. Amen? Luke 10, 17 to 72, return with joy and said, Lord, even demons submit to us to your name. See, Jesus gave the right to use a petition using his name in prayer. I'm winding down. Amen. I'll get to my point here in a minute. But again, again, why is it? Because there's no other name given among men were that we must be saved or delivered. No other name is their deliverance. The name of Jesus is not a talisman or that's something that's you know that by invoking the name of Jesus, it has magical powers. Or I can say it's not a good luck charm. The right to use the name isn't given to everyone. People are trying to invoke the name of Jesus without having the authority to do so. Right? That was the seven sons of Sceva. And they tried to use the name of Jesus against a demon right? And it whooped all of them. Sent them running out naked. They were, they were trying to, to cast out a devil using that name. In the name of Jesus that Paul preached. And he says, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know who you are. I recognize them with the right to use and the authority of that name, but I don't recognize you as having the authority to use that name. So therefore, you see, this, this, there was no power by invoking the name of Jesus as a talisman or good luck charm to, because these were not authorized to use his name. Now, I use the name of Pruitt. It was given to me by birth. It is who I am. Somebody help me. True authority comes by relationship with Jesus Christ, not by using formulas and magic words and techniques. Evil spirits know about the depth of our relationship with God. This is what they knew about the seven sons of Sceva. They knew they didn't know Jesus. And they didn't have the authority to use that name. The name would not work without the, with those who were not born of that name. Are you with me? Power in the name of Jesus only comes with the authority to use that name. 
And the name of Jesus is an acknowledgement of your position in Christ. When I use that name, I'm saying I'm coming as a son of God, as a child of God. Amen. It positions me. I know who I am. Now, there are three ways you can, with authority, use his name. You can do it by commission. Jesus gave them that 70 commission. He commissioned them to use his name. So by permission, they could use that name. Two, you can do it by birth. And we that are born again, we have the right to use that name. Three, you can do it by marriage. Because as in union with Christ, we can use that name. So again, Mark 16 is the commission. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Amen? But there will be some who will come up to Jesus and say, didn't we do miracles in thy name? And he said, I don't know you. Why? Because they were only doing it by taking the commission of believing in Christ and his faith and having faith that he could do this. Are you with me? But now he commissioned the 12. He commissioned the 70. But I want you to know, he's also commissioned you. There's nothing wrong with the commission. Amen. You have been commissioned to cast out devils. I'm talking about the church now. You have been commissioned to use that name by birth. You have been, it's the right of sonship. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to good works. Ephesians 4.24, and you put on the new man which is after God created in righteousness and true holiness. So again, understanding your relationship to God and your position as being recreated in Christ Jesus, you must remember then you are authorized to use that name and that name controls Satan. And his works, and that name has been, been legally given to every believer. Amen. Amen. In my name, they shall cast out devils. If we cannot cast out demons, then we can cast out every disease and demon brought diseases. Come on. I want you to remember this. If you don't get anything else, else out of this service today, Satan is eternally defeated. Satan is he is eternally defeated hallelujah amen Peter said to the crippled man in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and the man walked Paul said to the demon I command you to come out in the name of Jesus Christ and an insane woman was completely restored Jesus left his name with us and we have the right to use it. He's, Satan is commanded to respect that name, which is above every name. And his entire kingdom is compelled to obey our command, our command, our command when it's given in that name. Remember, it was this, it was this Jesus who conquered sin. 
He conquered sin, Satan, disease, death, hell, the grave. And Satan is commanded to respect that name and is compelled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit compels him to obey our command when it's given in the name of Jesus. Amen. Philippians 2 and 9. We're coming back to our scripture now. And as I promised, I'm coming down to a close. I want you to hold real close though. I want you to give, give your best right now. And everybody get on and get in, get in, in tune with me. Amen. Let's go back to our scripture. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow of things in heaven. And things in earth. And things under the earth. So every kingdom above, here, or below has to bow. Every angel has to bow. Demons are fallen angels. They definitely have to bow. Come on, every human has to bow. Every disease and sickness and sin has to bow to the name of Jesus. Amen. So of all three kingdoms, heaven, earth, and hell, they all have to bow to the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, under things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Can you confess him as Lord this morning? Can you confess him as Lord over your sin? What about your disease? Amen. What about your sickness? What about that cancer? What about that problem? Whatever it is, can you confess he's Lord? Amen. Amen. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So every being, angel, every demon, every being in heaven, every being on earth must bow to the name of Jesus. That name holds dominion over Satan and his entire kingdom. Wherefore, verse 9, wherefore God hath given, hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Is everybody with me? Amen. Then I want you to just name a devil. Amen. Name a spirit of torment. I want to say today his name is greater than lust. His name is greater than sodomy. His name is greater than perversion. His name is greater than homosexuality. His name is greater than adultery. His name is greater than drugs. His name is greater than alcohol. Is somebody with me? His name is greater than a tobacco habit. Amen. Amen. His name is greater. They all have to bow to him. We are people in this building today that are witnesses that sin of all kinds had to bow to the name of Jesus and confess that he was the ruler. Amen. And he removed him from our lives. Sin has no more dominion over you anymore. 
alcohol, drugs, tobacco, sex sins, homosexual, perversion, pornography, none of it has dominion over any Christian any longer. Hallelujah. Do you agree with that? Do you believe that? Have you experienced that? That there's no sin too great, no problem too great, no problem. Are you with me? That they don't have to bow to the name of Jesus. That's one round. Here's another. His name is greater than cancer. Shall I say it again? His name is greater than cancer. Hallelujah. That's why we don't fear cancer because cancer has to bow to the name of Jesus Christ because his name is greater than cancer. Glory to God. His name is greater. So great that demons would start screaming when God exposed. Amen. At the name of Jesus. Amen. His, his name is greater than diabetes. His name is greater than bipolar. Amen. His name is greater than depression. Amen. His name is greater than your hormonal problems. Come on, it may be menopause or whatever it is. His name is greater. His name is greater. You might be elderly and you're fearing COVID-19, but don't fear little children. His name is greater than COVID-19. For at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Hallelujah, will you stand to your feet with me? And let's give him praise this morning. Hallelujah, his name, his name is greater. It's greater than cancer, it's greater than sickness, it's greater than any disease. It's greater than the problems you're dealing with. It's greater. Hallelujah, deaf ears open, blind eyes saw at the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now don't socialize yourself away from Jesus right now. You start moving in the spirit right this minute. I've took scripture after scripture after scripture because the foundation of our faith is in the word of God. You got a problem in your life, you got a sin in your life, you got something you haven't been able to overcome. The Bible said that if we call on the name of Jesus, we'd be saved. Delivered. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Are you ready to call on him? It's the sweetest note of mortal song. Sweetest carol ever sung. There's such a way 
and he was so present showed himself so real in brother Brandon's meeting as they played the great position now is near and a little boy jumped out of brother Branham's arms his little limbs untwisted as he come down and ran across the platform a little sister sitting there on the piano jumped up not a Pentecostal she jumped up from the piano and went and started singing in another tongue and the piano never missed a beat the great physician now is near the sympathizing Jesus he sympathizes with you he don't condemn said I didn't come to condemn I come to save right now is salvation there will come a time when the judgment remember if you don't believe on him you're condemned already you must believe on him you must believe your own faith your own unbelief your faith turned backwards will condemn you turn that around let Malachi 4 let the word of God let the Holy Spirit turn that turn the dial in your heart and turn your faith to believe in God right now Jesus blood can set the vilest sinner free Michael Dexter come down here I want you to help me just a minute going to do something very special right now I want you to sing if you can yes I know Jesus blood can set the vilest sinner free and I want you to know he can set you free this morning that name was given for us to use. Many of you have been out of contact. We've not been able to talk with you, pray with you, visit with you. You're blessed today to be here. Not asking you to break your social rules or whatever you're doing. I understand why we're doing what we're doing. We don't want to be the place where some virus can be traced and they point back to here and it causes people to be out of jobs and all kinds of other problems. I understand what we're doing. I, I, I want, Michael, I want you to sing that right now. I want you just to worship God just a moment and then I'm going to pray for you. Come ye sinners lost and lonely Jesus blood can make you free Hallelujah for he saved delivered the world 
Those that you've been sitting with, I want you to just lay your hand over on them right now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for their need in their life. Amen. He's still God. He's still God. He cares. He cares for you. He left all of glory to come down and walk among us. This Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Ra, Jehovah Shalom, became Jesus, Jehovah Savior, to come down and pay sinner's price. When he paid for sin, he paid for sickness also. And as you lay your hands upon one another right now, the Bible said the prayer of faith is going to save the sick. And God would raise them up. Oh, thou enemy, Satan. You've attacked the children of God with every kind of fear, disease, and sickness. We wave in your face the name of Jesus, representing everything that he did at the cross of Calvary, where he paid the price of redemption for us. And we don't belong to you, Satan. We belong to Jesus. And we're saying to you right now, take your hands off of God's property. May every one of them be delivered today, whatever their need was in their life. We ask it in Jesus' name. For the glory of God. Now, Satan, there's a no trespassing sign been put up this morning. You'll not trespass anymore on God's property. We're signed by the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, is here to confirm the word and make signs follow them that believe. And we command you to take your hands off of God's people now. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we bind your power. We bind your sickness, we bind your sins, we, beside, we, we bind every power of Satan that there is. Name a name. We command it to go now in Jesus' name. Lord, we submit ourselves to you, Father, now as we pray. We receive that healing, Lord, right now. We declare you to be Lord. We confess you right now to be Lord over that sickness, over that sin, over that problem, over that situation right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word of promise. Will you just worship him now? Will you confess with your mouth that it's done? Will you will confess that you are delivered? Will you confess your salvation? Will you confess your healing right now? Will you confess it right now in the name of Jesus? That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess right now. While we get ready for baptism right now, I want... I want Jerry, you and Blaine come down here. I want to pray with you. Michael, I want you to lead some songs here as we just worship God. Just lead them in worship. You just keep worshiping. We're going to pray with this couple here as they surrender their heart to God today. Come on, ministers. We're forgetting social distancing right now. Forget all of that. Amen. We're right in the presence of God. Amen. You're ready to surrender your heart to God completely. Blaine. Ready to serve Jesus. Amen.
believe he'll forgive you of all your sins. You know that burden that you've been carrying. You don't have to bear it. Bear it no more. You don't have to bear it no more. He said, come to me. You that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. My yoke is easy. My burdens are light. Lay that burden today at the foot of the cross. All your troubles, all your past, all your past failures, all your worries, all your worries about tomorrow. How am I going to do this? How are you going to do it? The Lord's going to fight your battles. You're inviting Jesus to be king of your life. We're going to agree with you. Amen. And your sins are all washed away and there by the blood is of Jesus. Power in the name of Lord, Jesus. He said, He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast Break every chain. You're the one who bears break every burden. Every chain. Lord Jesus. Break every they have come, Lord. Something has drawn them to your presence. And they've repented of their sins, Lord. They're repenting now and they're saying, Jesus, Lord, I give you my sins. I give you. I surrender my life to you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm asking that you wash me, cleanse me, justify me. Give me a clean slate. Wipe my slate clean. God's promise. If they have surrendered their lives to God, you no longer own them anymore. You have no more control over them. They are not your slave anymore. They belong to Jesus. And because they're God's property, you got to take your hands off of them. I command this depression. I command this anxiety, this worry, and all this fear. Take on your name as they come in obedience to you. 
in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, you would do it, Father, for the glory of God. We lift in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift up your name. Thank you, Jesus. And sing holy. Thank you, Lord.
clap of praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Bless his name. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Can you say with all my heart, with all my strength, and with all, with all I am, I will see to honor His command. Oh, I pledge, oh yes, I pledge allegiance to oh, the Lamb. And I pledge allegiance to the Lamb.
Hallelujah. Today we're coming in obedience to the word of God as we have been commissioned by the Holy Spirit to baptize those that believe on him in the name of the Lord Jesus. Today, our, our brother Jerry Cathy has given his heart to the Lord. The other day we prayed with him um, Earlier this week, and again today, we prayed with him at the altar, and he surrendered his heart to the Lord. And today, we're, we're burying the old man, the life that was once lived in the flesh, that now that, all, that old sin nature dies, and in him comes a new creation. And so we believe in the Lord Jesus, and the Lord Jesus has sent me into the world to preach the gospel. Don't you put your other hand up right there. Sent me into the world to preach the gospel. And told me to baptize those that believed on him. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And today in obedience to that divine command. I baptize you my beloved brother in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God is good. Lord, you're so good to us. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. My little sister. God has brought you to this moment and this time, and what a blessed time it is. And the Lord's been dealing with your life for, for some time and been leading you and speaking to your heart. Now he promises, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Today you're taking on the name of Jesus Christ. And as we baptize you with water, we're asking the Holy Spirit to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Would you, if you will, just put your hand right there 
Father, you commissioned me to go in the world and to preach the gospel. Baptizing those that believed on you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In obedience to that divine command today, I baptize my beloved sister in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go and serve the living God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.